Welcome to the Coronavirus Weekly Brief. We're your hosts. I'm David Sturman. And I'm Emily Schneider. Here are the headlines you need to know. Britain became the first country to authorize the use of an antiviral pill to treat COVID-19 last week when it approved pharmaceutical company Merck's drug. The pill, which is an easy-to-use at-home treatment, was shown in a clinical trial to reduce the risk of hospitalizations and death in high-risk COVID patients by half. Compared to treatments currently in use like monoclonal antibodies, which are typically administered intravenously at a hospital, Merck's pill would be able to reach many more patients. Britain's health regulator said the pill should be prescribed immediately after a positive COVID test in vulnerable populations and within five days of the onset of symptoms. A full course of treatment is 40 pills over five days. Britain has ordered enough doses of the drug for 480,000 people. Also last week, Merck said it had made deals with the United States, Australia, South Korea, New Zealand, Serbia, and Singapore. The drug could be made available in the United States as soon as December if the panel of experts currently scheduled to meet at the end of November recommends its authorization to the FDA. The U.S. ordered enough doses to treat 1.7 million patients at a cost of about $700 per person. On Monday, global COVID-19 cases surpassed 250 million since the beginning of the pandemic. Even as the daily average number of cases has fallen by 36% over the past three months. The virus, particularly the Delta variant, is infecting 50 million people every 90 days. By contrast, it took nearly a year to record the first 50 million COVID-19 cases. In 55 of 240 countries, infections are still rising. More than half of all new infections reported worldwide were from countries in Europe. Last week, the World Health Organization said Europe was again the epicenter of the pandemic, with the region reporting an average of more than 30 new cases a day per 100,000 people, a rate that has almost doubled since September. Hans Klug, the WHO's director for the 53 countries in its European region, told reporters, quote, we are at another critical point of pandemic resurgence and added, quote, Europe is back at the epicenter of the pandemic where we were one year ago. COVID-related deaths are also increasing. He said, quote, if we stay on this trajectory, we could see another half a million COVID-19 deaths in Europe and Central Asia by the 1st of February next year, end quote. Last week, cases in Germany reached a record high of 33,949 new infections in a day. About 67% of Germany's residents are fully vaccinated. Russia, Ukraine, and Greece are at or near record levels of reported cases. Eastern Europe has the lowest vaccination rate in the region. On Sunday, Japan recorded no daily deaths from COVID-19. It is the first time in more than a year that the country has not had any COVID-19-related deaths. On Saturday, there were three deaths. Vaccinations in the country have risen to include over 70% of the population, and as a result, case numbers and deaths have dropped dramatically. The government is planning to begin administering booster shots in December. On Sunday, U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy defended the Biden administration's federal vaccine mandate following a court ruling blocking the policy. Merti told ABC's This Week that, quote, the president and the administration wouldn't have put these requirements in place if they didn't think they were appropriate and necessary, adding, quote, the administration is certainly prepared to defend them. Politico explains the current challenge to the mandate, writing, quote, the OSHA mandate, which would compel businesses with at least 100 employees to require the COVID vaccine for those workers or test those employees on a weekly basis, 
has drawn legal challenges from more than half the states. The New Orleans-based Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals on Sunday temporarily blocked the mandate, saying the petitions give cause to believe there are grave statutory and constitutional issues with the mandate. The court gave the U.S. government until 5 p.m. Monday to respond to the plaintiff's request for a permanent injunction. On Friday, the Department of Labor released data showing that U.S. employment is rebounding strongly from the impact of the pandemic, adding 531,000 jobs in October. The gain is the largest in three months. The Wall Street Journal writes, quote, the unemployment rate fell to 4.6% in October from 4.8% a month earlier and is down by more than half a percentage point in just two months. The increase in employment also saw a modest increase in the number of women hired. The journal writes, quote, about 180,000 female workers aged 16 and older joined the labor force in October as COVID-19 cases declined and schools reopened. Economists say women have been disproportionately affected by the pandemic because many work in fields that involve human interaction, such as teaching, unquote. However, the job market overall has still not recovered from the pandemic's impact, and it is 4 million jobs short of where it was in February 2020. After the Supreme Court ruled the Biden administration's extension of the federal eviction ban was unconstitutional in August, many feared a sudden spike in evictions which did not show up in data in the first months after the ruling. However, the New York Times reports that evictions are now increasing across the country in a, quote, more gradual eviction crisis that is increasingly hitting communities across the country, especially those where the distribution of federal rental assistance has been slow and where tenants have few protections. The Times writes, quote, while the number of eviction filings remained at nearly half of pre-pandemic averages during the first two weeks of October, According to the eviction lab at Princeton University, in the 31 cities and six states that it tracks, the filings are also increasing. In the first two weeks of September, just after the moratorium ended, eviction filings increased by 10% from the first two weeks of August. In the first two weeks of October, evictions increased by nearly 14% from the first two weeks of the previous month, end quote. Peter Hepburn, a researcher at the eviction lab, told the Times, quote, in places that don't have protections, these numbers are increasing pretty quickly, end quote. Meanwhile, Lee Camp, an attorney representing people facing eviction in St. Louis, told the Times, quote, for months, we all used these terms like eviction tsunami and falling off the cliff, cautioning that language may not have captured the real crisis, adding, it was not going to happen overnight. Certainly, it would take weeks and months to play out. To see our daily brief, go to the address in our show notes and follow us on Twitter at New America ISP. The Coronavirus Weekly Brief was produced by Shannon Lynch and Jason Stewart and was edited by Shannon Lynch. The podcast is brought to you by New America and Arizona State University.